What's going on here? I just, I'm, I'm, we're talking about being present. I know. And you on the Rob, makes, what Rob makes faces all the time, and what I don't it? even think he realizes he's making them, and I just enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even do everything. Every, every time I go to talk, polar <laughs> over here. <laughs> I was listening. I Thank you. And I think in my own spiritual life, um, I have found that world because all I want is those moments with my family that are heaven all the way to heaven. Can yeah. I elaborate on Rob, this? I'm so sorry. Why were you calling a timeout? <laughs> I shouldn't have. I'm not present. Um, oh my gosh. Again, once again, if you'd like to oh, yeah. future live streams, bonus content, and support the show and make sure that we're able to have, you know, some green label on the table in front of us next time. Please join the Men's Show Patreon community over at themenshow.com. Right? I have that right. It's called The League of Ordinary Gentlemen, and ladies are invited too. Uh, and you can access that via the Awaken app. So the next topic was... Um, it's going to be extravagant. Let me, be let, me, let me introduce the next topic by reading a quick uh, catechism quote. So this is Catechism uh, 2565. And it's in part of the catechism about prayer. And the catechism makes this comment. Thus, the life of prayer is the habit of being in the presence of the thrice holy God and in communion with him. And basically, I just what I wanted to discuss with you guys tonight, reflect on, is that, that phrase there, this habit of presence. Um, certainly, we have a difficulty being in the presence of God. And we have difficulty being in the presence of other people. Um, how... How do we, uh, why is it so hard for, I guess, first of all, to be in, just be present to people these days? Hyperstimulation. <laughs> Hyperstimulation. Yeah. I think we're always able to distract ourselves. We're always able to prevent ourselves from wandering and lifting our hearts to God mm. with uh, instant gratification. I think for me, that's a difficulty often. Mm. Yeah, there's a lack of, of silence in our world and in our lives. And when we're not silent, we can't really hear the voice of God. It was Thomas Merton said, silence like the sunlight will illuminate you and God. And so there's this great gift of silence. Cardinal uh, Sarah talks about this in his most recent work, um, how important silence is to actually encountering who God is. But because we feel uncomfortable with silence, uh, even in prayer, I mean, we, we tend to just pray, you know, talking rather than just sitting in silence, become comfortable. Like it's really hard then if we can't be present with God and allow him to be present with us and be comfortable with us to then do that to the people who are just all around us. Um, and one of my favorite things, it's so funny being a dad now too. What do you, what, what? Holder. <laughs> anyway. Uh, present Rob, be present. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. One of the, um, one of the great joys I feel like having as a father is just like, I know it will sound kind of weird, but it's just like just sitting there and just watching my kids. Like, I just like, I'm blown away by their, by their otherness, by their innocence, by their beauty, by how just amazing God has made them. And it's made me think like, that's how I need to be towards everyone in my life. Like there's, my kids play a special role or part there. Um, but really like that's, that's the challenge we have is, and that's what it means in the workplace to be kingdom efficient is like whoever comes to your door 
to be fully like, I'm just, I'm there. And like, when you read about the saints, like that's what you, like they made me feel like I was the only person in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Meyer is asking, uh, so with that comment, Pete, uh, if he should shut down the live stream and, you know, get some silence. No. Yes. Uh, That's what I was trying to do. The men's show is in fact, uh, the only exception to the rule. Uh, forming conscience, or pretty much anything from awakened Catholic, you're you're Just good. A blanket it's, exception, yeah, blanket <laughs> exception. We could take a moment. Andy Breck, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, something I, you know, again, I find what got me thinking about this, Pete, was precisely like uh, the connection between those two scenarios, right? Like my ability and my practicing the habit of being in the presence of the thrice holy God in prayer. I mean, that's in some sense that's what our prayer is it's a, it's practicing the presence as brother lawrence puts it practicing the presence of god but the connection between um the being in the presence of other people and being in the presence of god you know that we're practicing the same really the same relational habit in either of those scenarios um and and i, I guess one of the things that, that got me thinking about it is that um recognizing that if we're practicing it in one area we should be seeing the fruits in the other areas but vice versa if we're not like maybe if we don't practice that in terms of the people in our lives that we spend, I mean, practically speaking, most of us have to spend a lot of time with people every day, you know, kids and our spouse and our coworkers. If we're not practicing it with them very much at all, and then we're turning around and going into prayer, then we're recognizing that we've, we've missed a lot of opportunities to practice precisely that skill that we need to turn on when we're in prayer because we are in the presence of another person. And that it's, it's less important what we're saying and more important that we're being in the presence of God, we're being attentive to that, we're being aware of that. Um, and so, like, we're, we're practicing the habit in both those scenarios, this habit of being in the presence of someone. Yeah, in my own life, like, when I become aware of myself struggling to be present, it is directly correlative, correlative, correlative. Uh, cor- Corellian transport, <laughs> YT 1300. It directly correlates uh, to any circumstance in which I am not letting God be God. So for me, uh, and this is my unique subjective uh, iteration of this, for me, I when I am feeling anxious or overwhelmed and I have to be the one to figure out a problem, I have to be the one to solve this thing or that thing, and I'm bearing a pressure that no one's asking me to bear, uh, or even if they are asking me to bear it, doesn't mean that they're right to ask me to bear it. That like I can still be the one to say, "Oh no, no, let's put this on God's shoulders." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it's when I'm not doing that that I have a hard time being present because my mind is so wrapped up in the problem solving, in the you know action, the activity, the whatever, the proactivity, proactiveness. I'm having a hard time with words now. And there's been no whiskey, which I, I blame know. you for, viewers. Yeah, um, it's, it's so, the hydration rather than yes. Join our patron community. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, yeah. So what, that's just what you, what you were saying made me think about that in my own life. That like I, I, and and what I just described, everything I just laid out, is like every day. Right. Like I, it's something that I ongoingly struggle with. Yeah, there seems there's a lot. There's different reasons why we would go into prayer and find it difficult to sit still. Different people have different sources of that anxiety. But certainly, one and maybe this seems to be what you're getting at a little bit is sort of the practical atheism that we walk around. Mm-hmm. With. You you posted on Facebook a while back. Like every yeah. time we worry, in some sense, some part of our heart is being atheist. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're we're not actually thinking God is a provident, loving Father, 
and it will be okay. I am safe. I am love. I am beloved. Mm-hmm. There's a part of us that doesn't really believe that. And so it's hard to sit still and be in the presence of God because we're not really fully convinced. And that's something we have to work on and yeah. worry about. Yeah. Nick Meyer uh, says he's glad that we are able to provide dispensations. So Good. good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What were you going to say, Pete? Well, it's a different topic, but it was almost like it's, it gets into the question, like, why do bad things happen to good people? Because, like, everything isn't going to be okay, like, on this side of heaven. Right. And so it's tough because, you know, your your child could die. You know, 9-11 happened. Um, and I quoted this on a earlier with somebody else, but the, um, you know, the firefighters were running up the towers. They were telling everybody coming down, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Mm. They were trying to calm people, but the reality is, like, they knew everything wasn't going to be okay, you know, and the people seeing them going down the stairs were like, we could tell in their eyes that they were scared as all get out, just like we were scared, you know? And so, um, so yeah, like what are we trusting God to actually do though in the midst of our busyness and craziness? Are we expecting or trusting that he's going to work everything out and everything's going to work out peachy keen and it's going to be good for us on this side? Or is it like, is he working everything for our eternal salvation? Mm-hmm. And I think that second Which half Which ultimately, saying, everything becomes okay. In the grand scheme. Yeah, but it doesn't separate us from like the pain we experience. And, no, but that's and all, that's all well, temporary. No, it, it, per, it per precisely provides the interpretation for the things we experience. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, an implication is not that on this side of heaven, it's not a health and wealth gospel sort of thing. That if I mm-hmm. pray, God will make me wealthy. He'll take care of me. I can exactly. have a big cushy retirement. You know, it is that, that there's two options here. If I, if I do trust God with Job, then I make the choice to, in, in light of that relationship, to interpret even the evils that I experience as somehow being in the, the, um, the, the, the direct or permissive will of, of God. That somehow, from his perspective, even though this is an evil, and maybe it's somebody else's evil, something that they're doing to me, God still is allowing this because he can bring good out of it. That's still a, there's a choice. Like either I'm going to believe that or I'm not. God is big enough to even take the evils and bring good out of them. Yeah. And it's tough because I think God does desire our good on this side of earth and he wants to bestow good gifts on us. Um, I think it was uh, Columbier who said like God, um, he wants to give us, actually wants to lavish us on this side of earth. But like the, the main thing for us to receive even the prayers that we've been asking for is that we seek first the kingdom of God. Yes. And then our father knows that we need all the other things and he wants right. to provide those. But if we're not seeking first the kingdom. Then it's just going to hinder us if right. he gives us the other things. Right. Yeah. It's kind of kind of going back to the comment you made earlier when we were talking about comfort. You know, it's like mm. this isn't heaven. Like God does, you know, we're trying to make this heaven. And I say, well, we really are, mm-hmm. but I think we, we fundally, fundamentally misunderstand what that is. Oh yeah. You that's know? such a good point. I think a uh, relationship with God is, is heavenly. Yeah. And ill and misfortune that happens on earth can lead to deeper and more abiding relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And your but fellow that's not the perp- and your family members and family brothers members, and sisters. Right, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, every great story has the hero overcoming some great pain, difficulty, sin, evil. Like that is the story right. of mankind because it's the story of Jesus Christ. Right. And so. it's like the epitaph at Easter, you know, that there's sin and evil entered into the world. Mm-hmm. says, oh, happy fault. Happy fault. Oh, necessary sin of Adam that earned for us so great a redeemer. Mm. So the idea that we in the garden... You know, we're not as close to God as we are now through Christ. 
you know, mm-hmm. had sin and evil never befallen the world, we would not be able to be with God in heaven in the same way. Yeah, I mean, I, speculatively, I guess. I don't know. No, I think, yeah, yeah I think that's right. I, it's, 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 it's a paradox. I don't is, know if we can, because God doesn't yeah. want necessarily sin to happen, but he uses it for yeah. something even greater. He allows even gra- it, he allows something, it. Yeah. something greater to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just that you, have you guys heard the string example? You even told this to me, the string example. Yeah. That's a nice. Go for it. Or don't. Well, it's, I don't <laughs> live your life. Maybe it doesn't relate. It's, it's an interesting uh, example. It just talks about, and it's no analogy is perfect or anything, but it just says like God holds each one of us up by a string. And when we sin, we cut the string and we fall, we separate ourselves from God, but then God takes the string and he ties a knot, uh, drawing us a little bit closer to him so that every time we sin, we cut, but then God ties it and he continues to draw us closer and so closer to him. we sin on purpose him. so we can get closer to him? No, no, that's not the point of the story. The point is where that sin God abounds, brings, grace abounds yeah. all the more. That God uses mysteriously even our bad choices mm-hmm. for his ultimate purpose and, and glory. And and suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we from just from a relationship standpoint, even in our human relationships, right. it's the people that we have endured challenges with mm-hmm. and come out the other side of it stronger like that those are the relationships that are the deepest it's not just like who were you near geographically or you know in proximity for an extended amount of time it's who have you journeyed with who have you gone through some tough stuff with um those are the relationships that bring you closer and so like you know it, going back to that original paradox like we were you know gallivanting through the garden everything was bubbles and farts and I don't know if we farted back then, but it's, it's a saying, trust me. Um, and so anyways, everything's bubbles and farts, we're gallivanting, whatever. He's just wanting to say it again. <laughs> Third but, time's a charm. <laughs> but we never, in that context, would have had the sacraments. We never, in that context, would have had heaven and, and like this insane... Uh, integration into like the divinity of the trinity while also remaining individual and unique and like just all the mysteries surrounding all the beauty that will be eternity for us like it would not have been that and maybe it was also awesome but like i i I think that what the church proposes is that like it's even more awesome now because we went through some crap with him don't trust a fart (laughs) no but like (laughs) At the time, it was all pleasant and <laughs> yummy, and now we've had all these whatever number of thousands of years of humanity and whatever, how much longer we have as a human family, that we've gone through some stuff with God. I mean, we killed him, and he came back from the dead. Like, we've gone through some stuff with him, and the relationship we can have with him more now is is all the more profound and mind-blowing than yeah. what it would have been without that. I, I, like your, I like your connection, yeah. And this is, again, one of the things that got me thinking about this topic is just how we can in in our in our battle of prayer so to speak battling through our anxiety through our inability to sit still our our anxiety about silence learning about that relationship with god that habit of being in the presence of god we should take those lessons and turn around and practice them you know with other people yeah We're learning that the habits of relationship and vice versa too i mean an example i was thinking about lately i've been trying to find efficient good quality ways to to give my kids good per, uh, quality time in a busy schedule and busy life, you know, in a, in a big, messy, noisy family. 
And what I've been trying to do this past year, and it's really sort of gotten into a, a rhythm this past month, is you know, before bed, I, I call each one of them out of there. Once they're in bed, they're kind of quieting down. I call each of the little girls, for instance, out, come, come sit on my lap. And I just give them three minutes. And, and my, my mantra in my mind is they're setting the agenda for this. Like I'm, I'm not coming here with something I, I'm going to teach them and tell them. I just – I'm going to – how how are you doing? And I really just want them to be able to share what's ever on their heart. Now, oftentimes it's Legos. Oftentimes it's Pokemon. Sometimes it's fairy stories. But, but for that few minutes, I want to practice just – sitting back and being like letting them set the agenda. And it occurred to me after I was doing that for a while, I, I, I was, I was going into prayer one day and that, that mantra occurred to me, Oh, like I need to have that in my mind when I go to prayer, God, certainly I'm, I'm going to pray the liturgy of the hours or I'm going to do a bit of a rosary, or whatever, but I have to have in my back of my mind that God, you're setting the agenda for this. I'm, I'm showing up for it, but whatever you want to do with this time, wow, yeah. if you want to turn me to something different, if you want to bring me into some, some thought, whatever, I, I want to focus on being present to, the living almighty God. Uh, and that that's, that's the first and foremost in part of that, of that, um, that dialogue is that he's setting the agenda. He's here. Um, and my, my words, my feeble attempts to pray are, are secondary. So again, just seeing kind of the learning back and forth in those, those relationships is kind of what absolutely nice. Peter Kraft was, uh, on Matt Frad's show the other day. Yeah. So What's going on over here? I just, they, I, we're talking about being present. I know, and you two on the Rob sides makes, over here. Rob makes faces all the time, and what I don't it? even think he realizes he's making them. And I just enjoy. What? Sorry, I didn't even do every, anything. Yes, every time I go to talk, Holer over here. <laughs> I was listening. I Thank you. Well, apparently anyway, my son Augustine is upstairs, uh, and I didn't know Alina was like watching the live stream upstairs. Yeah. Apparently, Augustine's walking around saying, "Don't trust the fart. Don't trust the fart." <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said that. No, I'm glad you did. I, All right, Peter, I'm what were sorry. you trying to say? Peter Kraft. Uh, yeah, Dr. Peter Kraft says, like, the reason we fight all the battles, uh, that we go out and we work hard, that we, you know, save money, all, all those things, or why we go and fight, you know, World War II, all, we do all of that for that one moment where your daughter sits on your lap and it's just a moment of love, of presence. Mm. And I think in my own spiritual life, um, I have found that... Like the moment that Gianna in particular, and connect with the boys in the same way, but Gianna's my first. So, I mean, that moment that she stops and just looks up at me and I can look at her and just be completely present. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what, that's all I want out of life. And that's why I fight so hard Mm -hmm. in the outside world, because all I want is those moments with my family that are heaven all the way to heaven. Can I elaborate on this? Rob, I'm so sorry. Why were you calling a timeout? (laughs) I shouldn't have. (laughs) I'm not present. Um, Oh my gosh. That reminds me, like, when I read The Lord of the Rings, read the whole thing for the very first time, and there's just this huge epic battle, and they're making their way back home. They finally get to the Shire, and then it goes on and on and on, and it never ends, right? But at the <laughs> at the real end of the book, of The Lord of the Rings, it is Sam, Samwise Gamgee, who marries Rosie, and mm. Eleanor sits on his lap with her golden curls, yeah. and it's like... It clearly pointed to me like the purpose of the whole epic journey difficulty was like, you know, that moment, the family, the love for his daughter. Like, mm-hmm. and I just, I just cried. Yeah. That you, I, I just cried. I just wanted to right now. You're so right. I held Pete. it back. Yeah. You're so right. Thanks for that me. book reminded me of how right you are. It took us, it took us they, they a third been, episode they, for you guys to agree on something. But. No. I agree, <laughs> Exaggeration. I agree with quite a bit of things that Pete says. Most of them. 
99. I disagree with quite a bit of things that Rob said, but <laughs> I love the man. I, it's, We're going to go back to the voting system. Uh, you viewers, if you want to chime in in the comments, who's winning any, any particular about, argument. We're not winning. It's a, our, oh, no, there's winning. And have, the losers. Where are we at the time for this topic? We have precisely eight and a half minutes. I've okay. got nine minutes before I got to go. Oh, no. Oh, my no, God. Goodness gracious. Um, Let me text my wife and not be present to you guys. For Sounds good. <laughs> I was going to bring up that uh, another great uh, episode here on Awakening Catholic on Andrew's show, Physically Spiritual, another awesome show here on Awakening Catholic. Um, he had an episode about meditation, and there's mm. a clip that you guys pulled out from that talking about like meditation and anti-meditation that I was thinking of in this context. And he was talking about you know meditative prayer. Where part of what we're doing when we do meditative prayer, you know, you take a piece of scripture, you read it, maybe you place yourself in it. Well, part of what you're doing that whole process is practicing the ability just to focus on one thing for any extended length of time. Yeah. You know, and the first time you meditate, it might be like two and a half seconds, perhaps might we, you know, you want to work up from there, being able to stay present to one thought, one reflection uh, for more than two and a half seconds. But then he was also pointing out too, that like how many of the things that we do constantly throughout the day. So, that, I mean, this is an important thing, even though we might be intentional about trying to be present to God in prayer, present to our families, are we filling all the rest of our time with precisely those things that precisely counteract our effects at practicing being present. Uh, and he was giving examples like social media or different forms of, of entertainment where precisely the nature of the thing is that it, it sucks us in and holds us there. So we don't have to exert any will, any effort to focus on the thing. It just, it just locks us in. Yeah. And so it's precisely atrophying the spiritual muscles, if you will, of being able to focus, being able to be present. And, and if you fill your life with a lot of that stuff that just locks you in, sucks you in, you're you're like working against your efforts in prayer and in relationship to build the muscle of presence and focus, right? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree that that's a, a struggle. Well, I think there's scientific studies on what the the cell phones are doing to us and our yeah. ability to concentrate and focus. I've noticed that just reading, you know, the ability to stay focused in in a book, even analyzing versus, some of the different forms of entertainment that we have, like movies and music, the way that they're produced now specifically cater to our society's decreased ability to retain focus on something for any amount of time. That's where our news is, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the news cycle, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, songs, uh, it's like you got to be grabbed by some new, even if you don't realize what's happening to you subconsciously, what it is that you're hearing that's holding your attention. But like from a production standpoint, I'm a music producer and like you got to do so much to introduce the smallest additional element after eight bars or four bars even, just to like make sure the listener is like still getting something new, giving them that dopamine feed, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that's where we're at now. And it's only getting worse as we, it's like, it's an addiction, mm -hmm. right? Because the worse it gets, the more we have to pander to it. And then the more we pander to it, the worse it gets. And it's like this crazy yeah. cyclical thing. We've gotten two votes for Colleen. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. I vote for Colleen. You know what? Next time we do this, Colleen gets a camera. You're, we're going to put a camera yeah, on you next time, Colleen. Yeah, we That'd be hilarious. That's literally what Kevin just texted me. Oh, did he really? <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So we have five and a half minutes on this topic. Anything else? Well, I was just thinking more as you're saying, like, again, we often think of things like Facebook or social media or different forms of entertainment. Well, this is just neutral, right? It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's just sort of neutral. And that may be true in a sense of like there's no morally objectionable content. Fine, perhaps. But this aspect of it we really need to be aware of. Is it is it in a very aggressive way working against – I mean are you losing your gains, man? 
your spiritual gains. I mean, you go to prayer and you, you're working up your, your spiritual biceps of being able to, to focus for an extended length of time on God, the, the person who's present to you or in your relationships. Mm-hmm. Are you precisely like using things that are making you weak, that are precisely working against that ability to be present to people? There's a super hot blonde that... Uh, commented how much Nick just demonstrated this how much better be your wife (laughs) it is my wife yeah (laughs) how much tv is okay now i think this this is where we might get different answers from pete and john mark not not even that they might disagree on the amount of tv but (laughs) 3.7 it doesn't matter which time denominator you use it's just that 3.7 you want to go first uh for yourself for kids uh for both um i think all of it yeah i think so there's two different ways to approach it one is like you do have to like pray about it and pray in the moment and everything of that nature but i think there is like some objective criteria where we could say okay maybe sitting your down your kids down for a show for a half hour because there's been nuts been a terrible day okay you know do we go to an hour is that a little too much, you know, at a time for kids depending upon their age range? I think we could probably delineate some markers along the way and say, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's too much. Two hours. Yeah, it's too much, you know, so bring it back down. I don't know. Yeah, there's tons of, for us, there's tons of variables there. I mean, I don't think two hours of watching a screen is always wrong. If for instance, we're getting together to watch a really epic family movie. Uh, we watched um, the hunt for red October the other day. You guys ever watched that old movie with? But uh, that, how how old your your kid that you watch that with dominate? I mean, so yeah, I think that's going to play into the yeah. Two. And mine, like, mine wasn't a counter, counterpoint to you. It was just the, the example that like yeah, the context matters, right? That's all. I'm saying. Yeah, right. But well, to watch like a cartoon that switches its thing every, you know, You're or being like, blasted. like I can't. Yeah. Tended to like draw them in and keep their focus. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think there's any movie out there that I should watch, let my three year old watch for two hours. Like I think that's too much for a three year old. Your three year really. Yeah, hundred I mean, percent. My three year old would sit on my lap and watch it with me. Most movies are like an hour and a half to two yes, hours. I don't. Yeah, and even kids' movies. I mean, yeah, and I don't think that's good for kids. I think that's one of the things that John Mark was talking about. Like Facebook, it's not a morally neutral thing. If you're putting your kid in front of a screen where his mind's not acting in the same way that he would in some other ways, like more, I, you know, name the thing, um, a book. Like I think that is. I mean, this gets to one of the other discussions we have, but I think that is. A th- something we should try to avoid, just like you should try to avoid being on Facebook for sure. over 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. But, maybe. Does the, but does the content matter though? Because again, like the, the reason why I was kind of joking about that, it'd be great mm-hmm. if my, my three-year-old would sit and watch is that <laughs> the movie we're watching is, has no interest for a three-year-old. Like if, if he's sitting there, oh, I, don't know, I don't know why he would be sitting yeah. there, but even for my 10-year-old, he's watching a movie that's very far beyond him. Like he actually has to really pay attention and listen to these guys are saying, cause there's, there's no flashing lights and colors and unicorn. Well, he doesn't like unicorns, but Legos or whatever. It's definitely something it's for him. That's more of a, a movie where he has to pay attention. It's very different than uh, if he wants to sit and watch a Pokemon show or something like that, where it really is. That is precisely the kind of thing that is anti-meditation to use and right. terminology. Yeah. So I think, the, I think the, con- the content matters, I would say. Yeah, yeah I think kind of watch Integrate Silence, that movie about the monks for three hours. That see takes how that a little goes. bit of focus. That That's takes a straight prayer. Perseverance right there, man. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think there's just certain age levels that the kids should. I think there's actually been studies on the effects that TV has on the brain at certain age levels. So like at age one or two, like if you're sitting your kid in front of a TV for a couple hours, like that's that's just, it's not good for them. And so I think, I don't know, three years old, there's a certain threshold, but I think I mean, for us, I mean, my three-year-old, he just, I mean, the, the attention span, like I really struggled. We had Peter Pan on the other night um, when we were on vacation and was in our normal house. And so we found something that at least was like a little like 
acceptable or whatever. Um, so we can debate Peter Pan. But well, right um, up until he gets the mermaids. I don't remember watching that part. They are scantily clad. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, let's say if it's something even on formed and it's uh, about the life of Christ, I think all that imagery for a little kid, I think it's too much. That's too much on their on their brain. That's not helping them form the type of cellular strength that they need for the type of prayer that we've been talking about, that they we want them to be able to enter into and to be present. I mean, look, we, I mean, we just agreed that it was on, you know, social media and that's taken too much away from us. I mean, just because the screen bigger doesn't make it mean it better. Right. So I don't agree. Bigger screen screens, is always better. Screens have a, a, an impact on our brain. So um, there, you, I, I guess we can just point to the general principle that like different amounts of screen time and screen usage is appropriate for different people at different places in their development. Like well, there's no reason for, for children to have phones. No, right. You know, they are certainly not capable, not capable of making good decisions right. with phones. Just I'm like sure we are. Just, just like, like other we're things. Not, like we're not <laughs> even more so them. Yeah. But, but there are also other things like that directly and obviously impact our brain chemistry, like caffeine. We can have coffee. I would never give my infant coffee. That'd be what age dumb. do you start giving them coffee? Like, well, well we're Cuban, so we have different standards. It's a cultural <laughs> thing. No, there so. needs to be an objective right for <laughs> all the What is the exact age? <laughs> Anyways. How much time are we have in this? Uh, no. we, we have exactly zero seconds, as oh, in we're, we 40, we're 40 seconds over. We nailed it. Um, yeah. I'm so call that a nail. That, that was nailed. I think we figured it out. We saved the day. Uh, so if, uh, you want to make another, uh, little, let, remind them. Yes. Hey, listen, you need to go and check out our patron community, the, or the league of ordinary gentlemen and ladies are invited too. And can you get there by going to the men's Eventually, uh, you know, if someone's watching the recording of this later, it'll be fixed. First night, you need to go to awaken Catholic dot. Just send an email to com. info at awakencatholic.org the show, or DM us. You um, can access the community through the awesome Awaken app. Yep. There'll be uh, bonus content. Again, these live streams may be hidden someday, or, or maybe they'll be live, but they, you won't be able to watch the replay unless you're in the community. Anything the point happen. is there's going to be cool Anything stuff Anything we there. can do to protect this Anything content at all so that you <laughs> give us money. It's so important. <laughs> in a neat little town they call Belfast. Apprentice to trade, I was bound. Nick, you gotta sing this with me. I'm trying. <laughs> and many an hour of sweet happiness I spent in that neat little town. Till bad misfortune came over me that caused me to stray from the land. Far away from me, friends and relations, to follow the black velvet band. Her eyes, they shone like diamonds. You'd think she was queen of the land. And her hair hung over her shoulders, tied up with a black velvet band. To our wonderful patrons, here's to you. To your health. Cheers. Blessings on the patrons. You don't yes, have anything cheers. I know. I need to fix that. We I'm, only I'm about have to fix that. The, the problem here, yes. we're drinking water. It's all we could afford. Listen, because of our patron don't. level. <laughs> for as little as $100 a month. Oh my this, gosh. You could class. get us green label, <laughs> prime shelf alcohol. So check out uh, themenshow.com and please join our patron community. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen and yeah, Ladies are invited to. Your face.